Welcome to the Learning Lounge podcast by the Sangaban Continual Learning Team. We'll be sharing our honest opinions, answering all sorts of questions and discussions, and hopefully providing some laughs along the way. Here's what's coming up this week. I can't believe people waste their time. <laughs> you can't believe people waste their time. <laughs> if it's two, say 2.96 billion people, that's 185,000 times the UK workforce in Sangaban. I'm a little bit of a video game nerd. We could be flying, hurtling through space. Imagine the society we could live in. But we were too busy playing Mario. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Learning Lounge podcast with me, Anup, uh, James. Hello. And Pin. Hi. So today we're going to be talking about video games. Let's kick off today's podcast with some stats about video games. So there's around... 3 billion gamers worldwide. The business is estimated to be worth nearly $2 billion and growing. The cumulative years spent playing video games is 19.2 million years. Considering it has taken the human race around 200,000 years to go from learning to stand to where we are now, humans could have evolved 96 times, which is insane. The biggest of these games are Fortnite and World of Warcraft with 10.4 million years and 5.7 million years played respectively. So my first question is, does any of that surprise you? Yeah, for me it does. Yeah, I can't believe people waste their time. <laughs> you can't believe people waste their time. <laughs> I can't believe that, yeah, people are wasting their time playing I'm going to swear. <laughs> Go for it. It's just crap, isn't it? It's like, it literally is. The thing that got me was, like, the amount of people playing. Like, if it's, two, say, 2.96 billion people, that's 185,000 times the UK workforce in Sangaban. That's crazy. So when, when people start saying billions and things like that, my mind kind of... Because you can't fathom how big a billion is. But we struggled to get a thousand people on the loft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know that uh, that amount of people are playing a video game. Yeah, that that is surprising. So I'm a little bit of a video game nerd. Okay, and I've been playing them since I was little. So I've got fond memories of them and all that. And I do play games today. Um, so when I was looking at these stats, and I've heard that Fortnite has got 10.4 million years already and it's only really been out for about four or five years mm. I was shocked <laughs> to be to be <laughs> fair um, they are just time sinks like they put so you put so many hours into those games um, and you don't even realize you don't actually have a clue you've just been doing it you look up oh it's been three hours already <laughs> so I'm not surprised in that regard but I am also surprised yeah I can understand why we've not solved um, like environmental issues and homelessness and that sort of stuff. Everybody's playing video games I, rather I than mean, using their time beneficially. I've never, never done games. So not even when you were younger, there was like Tetris and all that kind of stuff. Would you have played on the Game Boy? No. So we weren't. We never had game consoles, machines. I remember when I was really little, my dad brought this thing that you plugged into the telly. And it was that white thing that used to... Oh. You could either play tennis... Was at, it Pong? Pong. 
and the, the thick the each, each side's got a paddle yeah. and then the ball goes between you have to move it yeah, up and, and down and then and then we progress to a commodore 64 um, I mean, this is all like the, the, the burgeoning of a gamer yeah, right yeah. now. This is like the, the dawn of gaming. You used to have to write in the code. Yeah. We had this stupid book, and then <laughs> it had an error, and you'd have to find that bloody error and fix it, and then you may get to play a game. And then that was my interest lost. And then I remember my brother got a PlayStation 1, and that's him playing games. <laughs> and then what I used to do was there was a game that had aliens in Resident Evil or something like that. Not the zombie Resident one. Evil. No, it was on the PC. It was like this wolf thing. Uh, not wolf. It was army people. Anyway, I would watch my sister play it and tell her what to do. Right. But I wouldn't play it because I didn't like it. I mean, you're playing it just vicariously through somebody yeah. else. <laughs> then that was it then. That's all I've ever done. I love video games. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid... My mum bought me the, the, the original NES for the first time. I remember bringing it home and being like, oh, this is amazing. Duck Hunt. I used to love Duck Hunt. See, What's a NES? So a NES, the original Nintendo, okay. had like the cartridges you put in. and you... the, the little grey box and it had the little square uh, yep. remote which <coughs> had two little red buttons. It's like iconic these days. I remember playing Mario for the first time and despite, despite obviously nowadays, no comparison. But like, I used to love Mario. I played for hours. And like you say, just my time would go. But then kind of looking at that, I'm kind of thinking, imagine though, if you took that time and put it into something positive, like how can we stop world hunger? That, yeah. you know, that's million, that's, you know, 96 times humans could evolve to how long you said. Mm, yeah, 96 times. So in that time of evolution, just one of those, we could have solved so many environmental problems. It's like that, that, that <laughs> saying, um, put an uh, infinite amount of monkeys in a room, yeah. uh, writing the infinite or typewriters or something and then someone will come up with Shakespeare or something like that, right? Yeah. I'm butchered that, I know for a fact. But that's yeah. crazy. We could have solved all we could be flying, hurtling through space. Imagine the society we could live in. But we were too busy playing <laughs> Mario. Yeah. <laughs> and shooting things in the face, essentially. But I tell you what, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Wow. Um so in that regard, we we do spend a lot of time playing games. Do you think there's anything to be learned playing games? What was the last game that you played that you actually learned something in? Uh, so I've, I've, I've got a couple that, that we play. Um, so the first one for me was Tell Me Why. So it's like an indie game by a, a company called Donard. Um, and they had one where you, I think you're twins. So you're twins and one's been away somewhere and come home um, and there's some kind of secret mystery between the twins, something that's happened with their mum and you have to kind of solve the mystery um, but you can read each other's thoughts. It's like a supernaturally thing. But um, the thing I learned from it was the protagonist that you play is transgendered and it's the first ever transgendered character in a video game. Oh, wow. So it was seen, seeing the world from that point of view for me was a completely different thing. Mm. And it's one of those where you choose what you say to people after they talk to you. So you make those decisions. And some of the things people would say, you're like, that was a really snidey comment about the fact you've changed gender. What a dickhead. And you kind of sat there thinking, you see those microaggressions, which for me was really interesting. Um, so I think that's the last game I played where I properly learned something. It was like a different viewpoint for me was really interesting. They do create, I feel it sparks creativity in you because you 
you could be transported to a world that you would never imagine. Someone else has done that imagination for you. You can go there and you can interact and be in that world, which then create gives you your own creativeness from it because you can always re, you know, draw upon it to think, oh, that's what it's like being an alien or something like that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, creative creativity comes from it. Um, there's also the logical side of things. So there's all these puzzle games. So, I mean, even crosswords, they may not be video games, but they're games. And you, you learn a lot logical sort of side of those things as well. Yeah, I think problem solving is a big thing from video games. Yeah. I love escape games. So I do games. You do? So that's it. You don't realise right. it. So I have apps on my phone that I will play, like, you know, escape from this or whatever. So yeah. those games I do play. Yeah, so like having an app on your phone, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, any of those logical type games, like you said, I've got one where you have a series of dots and they're different colours and you have to connect the dots mm. within a grid type thing. Um and, and, and Tetris, for example, I always say Tetris has taught me how to pack things neatly in the back of a car. So when it like comes when, to holiday time. Yeah, when we go in on holiday, uh, all of the suitcases fit perfectly in the back of my little Peugeot. Yeah. Because of Tetris, I like to think anyway. My, I agree. I think, I don't know about back in the, like, back in the late 80s, early 90s, do you remember going through that phase of video games are bad? And it was the biggest thing in the news, wasn't it? Yeah, so this was because... Didn't somebody do... There was like a mass shooting, wasn't there? That's, yeah. And then it just went completely viral in America. And, like, yeah. parents just boycotted... Video games in general, yeah. Because it was in a completely mind. Yeah. My, I always remember my dad saying stuff like, you know, you'd be brain dead. You know, yeah. Playing games that are going to cause you to... Eating mushrooms like Mario, yeah. <laughs> just tripping. And I, yeah, I think I don't know. I, I think nowadays it, the, the view slightly changed. I mean, obviously it's such a massive industry, isn't it? Like it's you know billions of dollars and stuff. But I think that that view of video games has changed. There was somebody, one of the developmental people from um, uh, like does the children's development and stuff. They were saying that actually video games are really important for children's gross and fine motor skills. They were saying that children who play video games generally are better at, at fine motor skills um, than anybody else because they've they've been doing it on screen, so they can they can do it perceptually in real life, but also vicariously through kind of VR and all that sort of stuff as well. It always amazes me. So, like with the dawn of the smart age, uh, smartphones and stuff, my little cousin he must have been two, maybe three, and he had his dad's iPhone. And he, without any kind of uh, prompting or sort of learning or anything, managed to unlock the phone, go on Fruit Ninja, and knew the rules to Fruit Ninja and knew how to play it. Yeah. And he was only three years old. And, you know, you know, I mean, all right, the rules aren't overly complicated, but for the fact that he could pick that up on his own and knew what he had to do and how to swipe and all of that... Uh, it's it's mad. It's absolutely mad. It's like a universal language now, isn't it? Yeah. I think that sort of approach to tech. It's like you say, you can pick something up really quickly and know what to do with it because it, the way it feels and it feels natural, I think, as well. So I, I remember Rohan, my son, had, uh, and he must have been, again, very young, but managed to work out Hey Siri. Really? 
And he what he he picked up my phone and said, "Hey Siri." He he must have seen somebody yeah. doing it. <clears throat> but he asked to play Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or something stupid like that. Like, I still do not that stupid, now. but yeah. you know. And we just remember just looking at him like, "How, How? Yeah. did you connect that you were going to get something from asking Siri that question?" Do you think? Do you think like that comes from video games though? That sort of you're going to get something from it, so you know it makes them kind of persevere with stuff as well. Because yeah. I was thinking this, like, I don't. I think my kids have learned to be resilient through video games. And then it's that reward system of you do this action, this happens, you get a reward from doing that. And for them, like, they will persevere more in video games than they will in real life. That's I, what I found. I, I always, I find it mad. So, like, there is a game out there currently called Dark Souls, it's essentially you're a protagonist and you go and fight bosses and the bosses are insane like they will one hit and then you'll be dead but people play it buses or bosses bosses sorry did i say bosses <laughs> no okay i didn't know i don't understand what this game is right so it's essentially you know uh, a, a boss you're is essentially a worker and a boss as in no, no, a as manager. In, okay, no, so I didn't realise we have to peel it back to that kind of level. I'm but so stupid, you're going to have to peel <laughs> it. You really don't play games, do you? No. Um, no, so you are a character. Right. Um, with a sword. Right. Um, and you are like the hero. And you travel through a level and you get to the end of the level and they give you a boss. Like So a boss is essentially the hardest part of the level. You have to beat the boss to progress so again the boss is like a manager are you saying boss just like a bad guy but also sir yeah just like a really bad guy though so at the end of video games you have like the the, the really big bad guy you have to defeat so why are you calling it boss though and it's just what they, it's just the, the terminology term. yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. always referred to as the boss of the level so why would say oh my god there's a baddie You'd kill a baddie. Yeah, yeah. you kill the big baddie of right. the level, which is okay. the boss. Yeah, um, and and Dark Souls. It's makes not a man it, in a suit. No, not literal. It, I mean, there are games like that though, where you can <laughs> you go up against the manager. Okay. Um, but this, then, this podcast is going to be really awkward. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, we had a lot of people that may not know what these terms are. Yeah, and stuff. it's true. just because we're. I guarantee you, below. Yeah, well, it's probably a good thing that you're yeah. here to sort of uh, dispel those things. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's Sorry. insane. That's really hard. And to 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 defeat those bosses or baddies, um, it takes perseverance because you have to keep going up against it. And even if you make one mistake, the whole thing's over. Then you have to start all over again. I find it mad that anybody plays that because isn't it like the Persian prince? Prince Remember of Persia. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to reverse time. They used to have to run. Yeah. On the sand. I mean, again, there's there's logical thinking that you have to put into that so you have to do you have to play it forward then you go right i might have to switch time backwards now to then com complete the level kind of thing there's so there's elements of that kind of uh in in, in a lot of games tell you one of the games i played that i did i realized something about myself playing it have you ever played papers please yeah do you ever find yourself going on that slippery so papers please is like a you work like an immigration desk, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh basically, it's so simple. Yeah. It's just so stupid. <laughs> like, what? So you work at like an immigration desk in like some kind of dystopia type future place. And you have to basically say yes or no, people can come into the country. and Immigrants, you, normally, yeah. yeah. They'll offer you bribes and this sort of stuff. 
but just oh my god that's so bad how such a slippery slope it is like you start off going i'm just gonna do my job and you go in going yep you can go through no you can't yes you can and somebody's like oh but i need to come in to do this you know like, oh, i'll let you through this time and then before you know it you're the most corrupt person going yeah if you give me a bribe i'll let you in it's fine <laughs> yeah and i realized like, i always thought myself was really kind of down the line right and wrong that's it and then all of a sudden, I'm inhabiting this grey area in a video game and I'm enjoying it going, ooh, I've got some money from that. I quite, I quite like that. I'll uh, let you in. And I, I was thinking... I just don't care. Just how... <laughs> no, it is. I mean, there, there are games about anything you could think of. Yeah. But just you, kind of... And you've off. invested time pretending to be an uh, immigration officer. Yeah, just because I wondered, like, what it would show about me. And it just said that video games occupy this place where they can help you understand yourself better. Like, I always thought, like I said... I was quite down the line and actually thinking maybe I need to work better at that to, to be more down the line and sort so of so if we offer you enough money I'll do anything <laughs> <laughs> <You should laughs> I was going to use the, the the W word there but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah but it, yeah it's, it's, it's one of those games where you kind of sit there playing it and you kind of learn about yourself as you go that actually you might not be as good a, bit, a person a lot as you thought you were when you first start playing a lot of those games are the similar sort of thing where you give you get given options so uh, interacting with a person you can give the good option you can give a neutral response or you can give a bad response and then they will then react to what your response is so if you're just a complete knob the entire game the ending is a completely different ending and everyone treats you badly it's like Fable you ever play Fable? Uh, yeah a long time ago there was ago. a game called Fable where you make these choices you have a good choice and a bad choice and it affects your appearance doesn't it so like if you choose all the corrupt choices, eventually you have like horns on your character and stuff like that. Oh my god. But then it's one of those things you could slaughter a whole village <laughs> and everybody would be like, oh my god, they're the most evil person. But as soon as you do a fart and a dance afterwards, they loved you. <laughs> and it just showed how fickle people are. So I think I've played a similar game. Well, no, actually, I, don't. I didn't game. It's on Netflix, it's Bear Grylls. Yeah, if you that, watch that's that a game. Thing, right? Yeah, that's a so, game. And Bandersnatch. Yeah. Just as, like, again, chits and giggles, we try and kill him. Me and the kids. <laughs> so this is it. This is something about you, Pin, doesn't it? No, I don't choose this. Oh, okay. Me and the kids the, 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 the innocent children so are the right. ones trying to kill him. No, we did it all right, or we tried to make the right choices. And then we went back to it, and then just for jokes, we just thought, let's see how bad, like, we can do things. Yeah. Bad choices. Did you learn, from, learn anything from doing that, though? Uh, don't eat certain berries. Okay. Um, and what was the other one? The other thing was we chose. He had to come down a cliff thing, but we chose to to use the line or something. Right. And that was bad. Uh, there was a few bad choices. It's weird, isn't it? Like as soon as you get the choice to do something that could put somebody in danger, so I would do it in a video game. Yeah. <laughs> when you were fair. talking about, you, it tells you a lot about yourself, right? Yeah. In those situations, I genuinely always go for the good. I am a good guy in this game. Okay. And I have a friend who is the complete opposite, and he will actively, every single game he ever plays, he has no interest in being the good guy. He will actively go and be the complete knob and say awful things about people and murder people. And I think, He's not like that in real life. He's not an awful <laughs> human being. It just you're playing that character. Do you think that's really beneficial for like, say, in like our business? How how video games could help us is you can do all the stupid stuff 
and get it out of your system and see what would happen if if you, you gamify things. That like, would be great. Like health and safety. If you've got a health and safety game where you're like, I wonder what happens if I don't tell Bill about the spill. Yeah, yeah. And you see what happens. Yeah. And then you're sort of like, yeah. Mm, yeah, okay, Bill broke his leg. That's not a great thing. Yeah. Like, I, I can see the benefit of video games to that extent. Like, if you gamified EHS training, for me, I'd like... Not like I'm going to try and kill anybody in my EHS no, training. Actually, but like, sometimes it's... You know, how far can you push it? Yeah. Like, your head knows, you know, don't put your finger in the socket. Yeah. But let's see what happens if you put so your finger in the So, a lot of the scenarios I build, I tend to put a little, like, quite clearly a wrong choice. I'd love to know what the stats are on people that do <coughs> click the wrong choice, just to see what would happen. Do you know what I mean? Do you think you get better learning that way, though? If they can mess it up and they see something really bad happens, rather than going, oh, I chose the right decision, I get to move on. Absolutely. Is, is it better for them to see the negative? Absolutely. I mean, how many how many times do you, you, you know, you end up learning from mistakes? Yeah. So whether this is an, a, a mistake or you've actively gone for it or you've, you've made that choice, um, you still get to see what the issue is and what, yeah. the, what problems arise from it. So you can definitely learn something from it. I wonder if we could use that more. I wonder if we could just build scenarios where... <laughs> just bad things happen. Yeah, this is awful. <laughs> Everything's awful. There's only one right choice. I mean, there was... Was it no cash, no? We couldn't win. Yeah. And and everything... rated me so much when you can't win at something. Yeah, yeah. Like, you try and save the environment, your business goes bankrupt. You try and keep the money the environment around yeah, yeah. you is there's no right or I think well I suppose here that's there's no right and wrong answer it's just you know yeah, you evolve don't you yeah I suppose that's probably the basics of that that yeah but it was a stupid no it wasn't stupid it was it wasn't it was frustrating it's a frustrating I think, yeah. yeah no I didn't care about it I didn't care if I didn't win but no I did it to finish it yeah I uh I did enjoy the interactivity of it, though. It's like one of those uh, create-your-own-story type things. Yeah. I mean, that ori- the origins of that was from a book back in the day. Do you remember? You used to read read a book up to a certain page, and then the page says, make a decision, and then you have to then go to the next page or yeah. whatever it tells you to. And then little by little, that got um, inter- interactive, turned into games, and now people people all over the globe are playing those kind of things. I wonder if it's worth looking down that route for our learning, the way we build things. See, we've talked, we, we, um, I say we, a while back, Samlene and I were talking about this and the HR training stuff that she'd seen with Kerry when they'd gone to one of the trade shows and how they had the um, HR training for if you're going to kind of put somebody through a disciplinary or potentially fire them. And what would happen if you said certain things or acted a certain way and you could physically see the person change. So like if you went, oh, you're fired, they would would flip their lid in this simulation. How do you handle someone crying their eyes out? Yeah, exactly. Please, my my, my newborn. I can see the benefits in that. Like if that was kind of, it's almost gamified, but it's also kind of realistic as well. Like, you know, somebody comes up to you and goes, oh, uh, so-and-so's just died in, in... line of duty how do you deal with that with your colleagues being able to kind of experience those situations I think is really yeah but good. I don't think the games are going to do that for you I'll be but honest I think so. I know that's rubbish to be able to go and I've practiced on a pretend game about receiving bad news because actually it's so yeah. different in the real world 
but it's the interactivity side of things. So you can you can draw upon the fact that you've been through it in that game or bit of learning that's interactive, and then you can you can just use what what was said and what was done in that in that bit of learning as a start to help common you. sense. So if your if your job role is to be HR and and support yeah. colleagues, and you've been taught on you know using an apprenticeship, um, how to you know work through these processes. Common sense. In, if you're not good enough, you're as a person to be able to do that with the processes already put in place. Then you shouldn't be in HR. Come on. Do you really need to have a practice of somebody having a meltdown? To know how to react. I think common sense is one of those things, though, isn't it? Not everybody has it. I, perfect example. And they shouldn't be in I, HR. I, I get where you're coming from. I'm, I'm going to be, I, I'm, I'm going to be the counter to that. I think on this one, I don't people very well. No. I'm not. I'm, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! I, I don't people very well, and I, I know full well. Like if somebody came to me and oh, this has happened, I'm really upset. I. I find it hard to deal with that. So for me, I think, how should I empathise in this situation? Yeah, but you do. You okay? You don't want to. Yeah. But you know how to. Yeah. So surely somebody. Why? So what use is that game then in that aspect? For me, That's it's not going to teach you how to talk to somebody. You know how to do it. You just don't want to do it. But it would force my hand potentially in a situation. Where I, it's a safe environment. I'm not going to fuck it up the first time, and then they'll be like, "What a knobber!" No, but like, I mean, to kind of in, get in that regard, well, the way you, the way certain people may react, not you specifically, but like someone's, someone's had a bereavement in the family. One person might go tap them on the shoulder and go, "Really sorry about that," and then just carry on and not really do any. Whereas in reality, you should technically be bit more empathetic towards them and a bit more soft approach as opposed to the cold approach but some people are built that way so for yeah. instance if they've gone through that training they go and they can choose that cold reaction which is what they're more likely to do in real life and then the training would then say you're not wrong but maybe you should do it this way and then they can go and and realize that next time if if it, if it ever did happen i i yeah i get both I get both. I think things. it doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't just. You've just got to learn by doing it. You've got to learn. I mean, I, in my old life, being a nurse, I've had consultants, years and years ex- of experience, talk to patients, families, and I was horrified. <clears throat> this this consultant told a family that, in essence, this poor man was dying, and they said, you know, can he recover from it? And his analogy was. His brain is like a blancmange in a box that's been thrown against the wall. Really? <laughs> and I remember sitting that's there. That's what he said to them. Like in the again in the old days where the NHS, wow. you know, you'd always have to be, you know, for your, your nurses would sit with the families, and I remember just sitting there wanting to just kill him. Yeah. Of how. And I knew that he had to get them to that point of knowing that there was no return from this poor man's head injury. Mm. 
but the analogy was just so bad. Thank you, Doctor, for being so candid. Yeah, and I actually did pull him up on it. But then, okay, so then that's a perfect example. Do you not think he would have been better off having done some training, interactive or otherwise, where he would have where we, he would have had that response? This is an experienced consultant. You, he would have come across a lot of this. They, if you're in that role, you should be doing these things and learning from your... Well, yeah. Yes, there you go. So he needed training then, doesn't he? He needed that training where, whether it's interactive or not, where someone tells him that wasn't the right the right way to do it. Yeah, you need to do it this way. Yeah, and I feel interactivity wise, um, you learn better from it Mm. because there's only so much reading someone can do and go. Yeah, I kind of have an understanding about it, but you don't really. And having these kind of like virtual environments where you can go and actively act like that dickhead. And then go, actually, that's not the right way to do it. And then learn from that, I think is vital. Mm. I think I can see both aspects. I think for me, I, I like, I'd like i like to be in a safe environment where I can make a mistake and learn from it without being judged. That's, that's my judgy thing. I'm like, I don't want to be judged for making my mistake. So if I can do it virtually, I'd love that. But then I do get the side of it. You have to go through things practically yeah. as well. And, and I would prefer to... And I've done this to you in the past. I've come to you and said, this is a situation I'm in. This is how I've reacted to it. Yeah. What do you think or how should I? And actually, I learn better that way. Going to my peers, saying to them, I'm in a situation. I need to resolve something. I need to do something. How can you help? Mm. And you would advise me in that. Obviously, you'd probably go back and go, hold on, let me game this. (laughs) I tell you the right, like, solution. But to me, I would rather speak to a few people, get it, and just, you know, take, put their spin on everything and come to my own conclusion. Do you think it's, like, a generational, is there a generational aspect to it? Are you calling me old? No, no, so you're not Because you're you're the same age. Well, we're close, aren't we? Are we not? (laughs) No. I I imagine Pin just to be 40, tops. So it's all good. Pin's had a haircut, so she's looking... Early thirties right on, now. She's, she's looking. Well, he's trying to be nice by saying, "I know it, that I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. So he, he clearly needs... thinks I'm older than that. He no, needs no, to no, do no. some training. I just need to end this. Age, age is nothing. Uh, but like for me, like I know, like if I said to my dad, like now, I'm, now you're liking me to your dad. No, but like my dad's a different generation. If I went up to my dad and was just like, you know try this video game out he'd be like no <laughs> and because he prefers the, the person to person yeah approach. yeah yeah is that generational or, I don't, or can older generations learn to use things like video games i don't think it's a generational thing i think it's a it's a learning thing so certain people learn different ways so okay. pin quite clearly learns better face to face and in person and being able to bounce questions off people mm-hmm. some people would prefer to learn by just reading textbooks and in sort of cementing it in their own mind other people prefer to learn visually or interactively so I think YouTube is just there's a there's endless amount of in, uh, interactive tutorials and stuff on there how to change a tyre and all that kind of stuff I think it's more down to how you learn um, and I think the data recently is showing that most people prefer to learn visually yeah. and interactively and I do wonder or not whether or not it's a result of the fact that playing games and doing these things is more prevalent now. 
than it was back in the day. You know, it's so easy. Everybody's got a console of some sort in the house. Yeah, I get that. It, it's an interesting theory question. <clears throat> yeah. See, for me, there's one bit of a kind of area of training I think video games is really good with, and that's simulation and building stuff. Like, I, I always talk about this, like, imagine having The Sims, but for Sangaman. Like, you have a budget, you have to build a house or a development of some kind, but you have to balance sustainability with profit. And you have to build the best sustainable house you can, Sims style, there's a, there's with a, all of our products. I think that would be yeah. really fun. There's a game that's very similar to that already. <coughs> so, is it, is it so, The Sims? No, it's not The Sims. <laughs> so, I mean, Minecraft. Yeah, Minecraft. I don't. I don't know if you know what that is, Pin. Mm-hmm. It's essentially my son plays it. Yeah. So, I always wonder how many. It, I'd love to know in thirty years' time how many people ended up becoming engineers because they played Minecraft when they were younger. Because yeah. essentially, the premise is you have to survive on a blocky island, and you you mine for resources, and you cut down trees to build your houses, and all that kind of stuff. There's an element of that sustainability because you can't. You have to then plant those trees to replenish those trees that you cut down. You're considering the environmental impact of your development. Exactly. Like <laughs> but you're not doing it. Like, you're not actively thinking about that kind of thing. No. It's just subliminal. Like, you know that you need to plant more trees because you need more wood later yeah, on. Yeah, but if I ask Rohan, why are you planting those trees? He's not going to tell me that it's because of sustainability. No. It's He's going to tell me because he has to. Yeah, because yeah, he needs that wood so later no on. Under, no, but that's no understanding behind it. So, You'd have again, to Minecraft isn't that great for that. But then also, when he's building a house, right, he now would understand, I shouldn't build a house out of sand, for instance, because it will just collapse. He now knows that he has to build a house out of solid wood, stone, that kind yeah. of thing. okay. So in that regard, he would understand that. I suppose you have to make it really explicit, the links to what you want to get out of it, don't you? Yeah, you'd have to put it really clear. Like, if you think about, I suppose, the the one we did on Climate 2050, where you're like you a hippie or whatever by the end of it, like I was, they had to keep coming back to this idea of, you've done this, this is the consequence of it, and this is why you need to think about this. Yeah, I suppose you have to make those links really explicit in the game. No, I, I get it. I... I think it'd be really good. I think, for me, just thinking about systems and solutions and stuff that we sell, being able to play a game where you'd be like, oh, well, we've got this board and we're using this insulation and this is why. And learning as you play, Mm. I think learning about product would be quite an interesting one as you play and learning about how they work together to build something in my head would be quite cool. Yeah, that'd be lovely to understand the differences between them. Yeah, yeah. What's like, the difference between plasterboard A and plasterboard B? Yeah, why am I why am I doing a lightweight construction using aluminium rather than brick and block and all of that sort of yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, I think that works. I think as a product thing, that'd be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I think for like you know, HR training wise, it's got its perspectives. I d- do you think? And this, I, I probably know where you're going to go with this bit. <laughs> for like, for like um, say, say skills that are, are becoming obsolete. Well, I say obsolete. Nobody's going into those sorts of skills and areas nowadays. Do you think there's any room for the use of games to develop those skills or even kind of put those skills on the radar for younger people? So think about like gypsum and the mining side of things. In my head, mine is quite an old fashioned 
job and an old-fashioned skill. Do you think there's any kind of gamification we can do to get younger people thinking about those roles? Or is it more the traditional route of actually we can do some apprenticeship learning and this is working on an apprenticeship to learn about this? Or So I don't know how you're going to sexy up gypsum in a game. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how my head, Yeah, you know, people don't work for Rolls-Royce because they want to be driving the Rolls-Royce. Yeah. They want to work for Rolls-Royce because of the organisation and what they offer. Yeah. And, you know, their career is, you know, secure and, you know, all that other stuff. Mm. In For British Gypsum, I think they're, again, it's their reputation, isn't it? People yeah. tend to know about that business in that area and therefore they will work in and around. And it's promoting that Rather is more than... important than, you know... Supply the sign gateway. Yeah, drug look at it. this mine. Come down the mine, and we'll yeah. play a game. I think it probably wouldn't work as a recruitment thing. No, but mm. for a training thing and learning thing, then definitely. Because yeah, because you imagine if you said, right, I want to work for British Gypsum. You're in a college, yeah. and actually, you could do an interactive game of you coming in to a mine. To mine. Um, we were talking about this, weren't we, just now about going into that lift and stuff. And I said, I'd love to do it. But actually, could I do it? Could I actually get in that lift and go down? I don't know, because I've never had to experience what that feels like. So to, for somebody to know... To be able to put like a VR headset. Yeah, do the of. mind, go in and say, look, this is this, and actually, you know, engineering what yeah. you need to do. And That's quite cool. I think ultimately, the, the, that is fundamental. Uh, all games are meant to be fun. Whether you enjoy them or not, it's different, but they're meant to be fun. And and turning that into learning, so making a fun bit of learning, makes people more likely to use it and make them more likely to learn from it. I think that's what it all boils down to. Yeah. So if you think about our business, the most engaging bits of training we've done have had a gamified edge to it. And it's not felt like I'm learning. It's felt like I'm just playing a game. Quite like that. Yeah, there's so much subliminal learning that goes on. Minecraft, again, for another example, uh, a friend of mine had no idea that... Glass... Yeah, when you talk about these friends, this is you, right? <laughs> sort of so, analogy. Somebody I, I know very well um, had no idea that glass was made from sand. And so you put sand in a furnace and it turns into glass. And they were like flabbergasted when they found out that that's how it's done. They just how, never how had... How old were they? I mean, this is a bloke in his 30s. So, how does mine, Minecraft, you have to, what, get sand? Yeah, so you, you, you collect sand, and if you want to put windows up in your little blocky house, you, you get the sand, and you put it into a furnace, and it creates glass, which is essentially what, what happens in real life as well, yeah. right? God, it's such a shit game, honestly. I understand. <laughs> but what kind of game would you like to play, then? What would engage you? Yeah. So, again, I love... Like escape games, logic things. So okay. any kind of puzzly type game. Yeah, yeah. So if we were to create a bit of learning where you have to, I don't know, complete some sort of puzzle to then progress. But subliminally, you don't realise you've learned something. You'd play that. Yeah, yeah. So this is the great thing about games, right? Is that everything, <laughs> there's one game, there's a game available for everybody. That's yeah, a great thing. Yeah, and yeah. you will subliminally yeah. learn through yeah. a variety of different things. It's having it as an option, I suppose, isn't it? 
it's like for those people like face to face you've got a face to face training for those people who want to play a game and learn from a game you've got that available yeah. it's having all those points isn't it, i think in a business that you can do and whether or not we're quite there yet with the gamified thing i don't know i mean the, the worst thing for me is when you see these people who are like oh let's sit down we'll play a monopoly style game together like a card game i'm like stop one of those things just sit there going honestly <laughs> takes the mick but it's the right game to engage isn't it i think as well and not relying on giving away incentives is the biggest thing for me like if you're going to use a game to learn it's got to, got to be some kind of narrative or like you say some kind of puzzle that's driving you to want to be yeah. the best yeah. at it rather than relying on once you've completed this game you get a pen yeah. It's like you know, it's got to be a, a reason behind it. I really time. want that pen. Yeah, <laughs> or you get entered into a prize draw. It, I think you can't rely on incentives with games. It's got to be something else driving it, hasn't it? I think. Uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll have to call it there. Yeah. Um, I could wax lyrical about this all day. Um, so I think we better put it to put it to uh, rest there. Thanks for listening to the Learn Lounge podcast. Uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>